Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Value Line Observer, brought to you by the Value Guys. I'm Vern Value. And I'm Val Hughes. And we're 20-year, I'm sorry, 25-year Wall Street veterans that have, uh, working veterans, that have taken on secret identities, adopted disguises, changed our voices. We basically have gone underground. Completely Uh, underground. uh, uh, Not full-time, but, you know. And not really. Once a week. Yeah. um, So that we can stay employed, because our bosses would never allow us to bring you our candid, unfiltered, unbiased views on stocks every Unvarnished, week. Unvarnished, Vern. Um, yeah, basically, uh, every week we get together to talk about stocks, uh, and we let you in on it. Uh, we're using uh, that week's value line investment survey as a source of ideas, and um, you know, usually we average about three apiece. Uh, but be, uh, before we do that, before we get on with the rest of the show, before we get on with the excitement... Why are you giving of, so many details? We always use three apiece for well, years now. That's all we but do. But it could three. vary. There's it no rule vary, that we have to but do that's three. what we've done for years. We have to remind everybody everyone. that this is for entertainment purposes only, even if it's only our own. And we may own all of the stocks that we're talking about or have other nasty conflicts of interest that, frankly, you know, might be too complicated to really go into here, but... <laughs> Um, we don't uh, want. You. We might own them or not own them. That's <laughs> just, the complexity. Just, just assume. But we're we're hoping that many of these companies will will hear us talking about their stocks and we want are. to pay us enormous sums of money to do that. <laughs> I'm not time. hoping that. This is Val. I am. Speaking. I would okay. love for that. That's Vern. Um, and there's always a possibility that we don't know anything about what we're talking about and are just really good uh, at making stuff up on the spot. I don't know about you, but. My parents that always could, thought that I was could have good played at a that. role. No, that's um, why I chose this profession. And because it's usually on a Friday evening, uh, you know, we might have um, had some adult refreshments. To learn more about us, please visit our website at www.thevalueguys.com. In the second half of the show, I'm going to be back with, well, three stocks that aren't newspapers. But first, I'm going to turn <laughs> the show over <laughs> to my fellow uh, financial maven. Val Hughes. Thank you. Thank you very much, everybody, for tuning in uh, to the show this week. I have to apologize. The show's late uh, this week because, again, travel schedules, etc. I'm sorry. Uh, I've already apologized. uh, In any case, we're back. Uh, I've got three ideas this week. Can I have some of those? Yeah, enjoy yourself. It's very late. We've had an extra adult beverage or two in my case. And the market has uh, been up a bit since this particular issue was posted, which I think these are probably Monday ago prices, which would be what the. Uh, I don't know, but 10th. most of my stocks are up about ten yeah. percent from the so, listed price. I'm just going to ignore that. You know, that's mildly important if you're a trader <laughs> or something like that. But if you're a long-term investor, um, well, you the market's know, probably up or two. from the, yeah, you know, the day they pick these prices. So three ideas from values this week. Um, and I do go in page number order, typically, uh, and I will tonight as well. First up, um, and I'm a little torn. I end up, I guess, having a compare. Page, page number order. Yeah, we're 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 at uh, we're at my cabin this week, and so Vern's trying to find his way somewhere in the uh, depths of the cabin. No, it's a left over there, my friend. Um. So uh, I've, got, I've got a little compare and contrast part of the show. 
I have talked about Mattel before, page 2314, and if you go back, uh, we are indexed. If you pull our uh, XML code into uh, Explorer or even Excel, uh, it's all indexed by ticker going way back, so you could find the comments we made about Mattel even many years ago, uh, and I'm sure they were very wrong. But I continue to be drawn to Mattel um, because I think you do have an annuity, you do have brands that grandparents and people with money know about, and when they buy toys for grandkids and children, they like to buy the uh, ones they, they know. To, they know will be well received. They've got a bunch of great brands: uh, Barbie, oh. Polly Pocket, Little Mommy, Hot Wheels, Tyco, which is the remote control cars and such, Matchbox, oh, yeah. and they own uh, Hot Wheels cars. slot cars. Which one? Oh, they have Tyco. Hot Wheels yeah. and Tyco yeah. slot cars? Well, and they have uh, Matchbox. And I've, oh, my I goodness. thought they really dodged a bullet there. You know, under the Obama administration, they probably wouldn't let them own yeah, Matchbox. I, I thought, and I thought Hot the Wheels. taxpayers owned yeah, Matchbox. Well, no, no, they barely squeaked through. The bondholders finally got paid on that one. Yeah, no. So they've got these great brands. Now, Mattel traditionally has been known as sort of a boys. I'm sorry, sort of a girls, you know, thing, and they struggle to get boys going with Hot Wheels and Matchbox and such. They also own American Girls, which is a great franchise. All these uh, little do they own GI Joe? Uh, no, that's Hasbro. That's oh. my contrast well, part that, of the that's show. That's why they have a problem. Yeah. Uh, no, there's two issue. companies. You know, anyway, um, hey, and can so I that? yeah, Thank Fern's you. enjoying the adult beverage portion of our evening right now. Um, and so they've been known as more of a girls' company. Then you have Hasbro, G.I. Joe, more of a boys' company. Parker Brothers, they have all the games. Milton Bradley they have. Uh, I guess My Little Pony's not exactly a, a, a guy, a boys' Wait, do they thing. have, like, all the good toys in the world? Well, between the two, they certainly do. Um, and Hasbro traditionally has been more involved with, you know, buying licenses to the best movies. Mattel had these strong brands, obviously Barbie, Hot Wheels they had for a long time, Fisher-Price they Hasbro acquired had superheroes? 10 years ago. Is that what? Yeah, Hasbro buys the rights to Action movie figures? toys. Yeah, okay. and so you have the ups and downs of that. Uh, now, I've also, for people who've listened to the show, I've been talking about you know these Bratz dolls. A while back, maybe have eight you? years, seven years ago, uh, is that rhetorical? Uh the Bratz dolls started coming out, and they were kind of, I just like to call them sort of slutty Barbies. Let's just say what it is. It's, uh, With really dolls, big heads. Yeah, big heads, slanty eyes. I don't know. They just were uh, a different type of more urban dolls. They started to take enormous share, and it was a big problem for Barbie. And so Barbie came under enormous pressure, losing shelf space at all the major retailers, etc. Well, guess what, everybody? They won a suit. The person who drew the Bratz dolls was an employee of Mattel. That's what the courts have decided. Mattel owns the Bratz. This is from the MGA, MGM company out in uh, Los Angeles. And I read it this recently. If you go and read the press releases and the news out of the L.A. Times, this is what the truth is. It's not even listed in the value line here that they own the Bratz. They're going to come out with their whole new Bratz line from Mattel. So they're they key, ended up owning the, guy, the own guy's it. company? Well, no, the guy who drew the Bratz dolls was an employee of Mattel. When oh, so it should have been them. their property well, they, all the time. It is their property. The law, okay. That's the law. You sign a deal when you come in. Vern, you know, let's face it, that's why you have a secret identity. Maybe if this guy would have had a secret identity, he would have been okay, but he didn't. Mattel sued him, and now they own Bratz. That's the point. So the numbers you see here exclude Bratz, which three years ago was the second 
best girl doll selling product in the world, and Mattel's coming out with a whole new line. Now, you end up paying a little more for Mattel. It's 10 times EBITDA. Hasbro is six times. And so my question right now would be, well, wait a minute. Maybe we kind of missed this, and Hasbro's the play now. Um, Mattel does pay a 3.9% yield. Hasbro, uh, 2.9%. Uh, Mattel has a better balance sheet, 23% debt to cap, and quite a bit of cash, $300 million, which is about a buck a share. You know, I end up coming out that you should probably own both of these because some of the Bratz thing is in Mattel already. Both are beat up as consumer companies that, uh, you know, have to deal with less con- discretionary income from historic so, customers. So heading into the Christmas season, yeah, I'm gonna you're say, recommending... Uh, Mattel, Mattel, should be they should be buying Mattel. Mattel. I'm saying Mattel, but if you want a cheaper version that doesn't have brats, buy Hasbro is sort of a soft recommendation of the toy area, but I'm picking Mattel. Uh, I thought consumers one. were tightening their belts yeah. and deleveraging. Well, good. You have different thoughts than than I do. Okay, uh, next up. Will they be spending that. more or less this year on these kinds of items? Uh, my guess more, is, I guess, is what well, you're Well, I think less, but that's already baked in. And, ah. you know, intellectual pundits as if yourself, as yourself. Well, I'm just asking noted. on behalf of yeah. the people who would no. naturally wonder no, about I mean, this. obviously, GDP just turned positive. So if you just want to boil this down to a number without secrecy. But unemployment leaped to 10.2% well, from 98 that's always been a lagging in indicator. In one month. Any student of economics knows that. That's only news to people that don't read history. Well, and for the 0.4% that are now unemployed. Well, good for them, uh, Vern. But, you know, these are all numbers that are baked into the price of Mattel already. And if this is going to curve out like a normal serious recession, as I've been talking about for a year and a half now, then, yeah, of course. Employment's not going to turn positive until, you know, sort of June, July, August, September. Back to school in 2010 will be upticks in employment. And that's not me being an economist. It's me studying statistics. And if you go to the uh, St. Louis Federal Reserve site, by the way, all this data is there. You can study it. It's very interesting. Next up. Actually, Department of Labor is where you have the— well, the unemployment that. numbers? I yes, don't think Fern, they do. They do. Are, are you like the master of asking questions that are, you know, sound interesting? I mean, of course, it's at multiple well, sites. Well, actually, yes, it's I am. It's at multiple <laughs> sites, Vern, not one okay, okay, site. Okay, okay, okay. You want okay. me to list everywhere? No, no, I'm sorry. It's I at uh, us.gov as well. Why don't you people. check that out? Okay, Gannett. GCI, page 2360. You've heard me talking about the newspapers for some time. Uh, I've been no, wrong. No, really? What are you, Mister Quip? Can I just talk for fifteen seconds in a row without you asking a question? My God, uh, I don't—I don't even know where I'm at now, Vern. I mean, are we on a comedy show and that's got zero ratings, or are we trying to give some information? Gannett, this is five to six times EBITDA right now. It's—it's uh, it's come off the lows. It's trading at about uh, ten bucks. I haven't priced it today. The low is about. A buck ninety, and there was a point in time, early two thousand nine, late oh eight, when these things were left for dead, and many of them turned dead. I actually own Journal Register that went bankrupt, but we've also been recommending uh, New York Times and some of the others. None of them have worked out, and the primary problem has been they haven't converted um, readers to shoppers and buyers on the internet as quickly as we'd hope. And also you went smack dab into a consumer recession, which took away advertising dollars. So they've been in a world of hurt. The reason to look at Gannett right now is a good chunk of their business is based on television, 
which, uh, you know, ends up having lower costs. They don't have a bunch of reporters that take income. They basically read the paper, then report that. And then they do content that, uh, you know, continues to enjoy pretty good subscription revenues on cable. And also advertising on television has remained stronger than radio and billboards, etc. They got rid of their billboard business, which... You know, I think it's a good business. They could have kept it. They've got cable, and basically I think they've taken their hit. They own the brand USA Today. If you don't know that, their other big paper is the Arizona Republic. And I think they're just at this point seeing the lows in all kinds of revenue numbers in terms of advertising, circulation, their ability to convert people to revenue online is increasing. And they're right now at five times EBITDA. So uh, GCI, uh, you know, there's not a lot of good news happening right now. As Vern was uh, pointing out pointedly a moment ago, uh, employment is still down, and that means that advertising continues to be under pressure. But uh, it curves out. It's going to be fine next year. No one's expecting it. They do turn a pretty good return on capital. Uh, They've always made money, which is pretty nice for their business. And... um, they got a lot of properties they could sell off if they really got into trouble on a cash flow basis. They do have a fair amount of debt, but it's five times covered. And this looks like a pretty good bet to me right now. Gannett, GCI. And then finally, Vern. Um, and, what was uh, your first stock? I don't remember now. Uh, Mattel. Oh, Mattel. Mattel. Right. Yeah. It was memorable. Okay, just no, go ahead, lean back. Uh, Transocean, just listen in, Vern. Be a listener. Uh, RIG is the ticker. Transocean is has the world's largest offshore drilling uh, contractor fleet, um, and they do all over the world offshore. Now, one thing we know, a lot of the oil on land has been found, although they keep finding more than people expect. But it makes sense that as the technology evolves to go offshore, and there have been some big new discoveries in technology lately that allow you to go further offshore. These guys are going to be big players in that. The stock has recovered off lows, but it's still nine times earnings. It's seven times EBITDA, which is a 14% cash-on-cash return, 50% operating margins, which tell you something. They do have a lot invested in equipment, so their return on capital is you know, low teens, 13 14% is the best it ever gets. It's 10% right now. But we do know a couple of things. We're going to need oil. These emerging economies need oil. The cap-and-trade deal, this whole you know climate change deal is in trouble because the growing economies understand that you need oil, you need to burn oil to grow, and uh, we need to find more of it. And if we don't do it here in the U.S., China will and India will, and uh, this company will be available uh, to them as well to be uh, clients. Um, they do a lot of things nobody else can do. I don't have time to get into it at this point. Um, Value Line expects pretty good growth in the next couple of years because we're on we're on the low. As GDP starts to grow, uh, we are going to see some improvement in uh, their business, and I think their cost structure is such that they've made money this whole time. Uh, they have used uh, cash flow the last year or two to buy stock, very well managed at nine times earnings, Transocean, ticker RAG. And with that, and with... Uh, because you were more quiet there, I'm going to give you a uh, a modest amount of a do at this point in the show. Vern value. Just leave Take it, it away, out. Vern. <clears throat> Just leave it outside the door, okay? Yeah, I will. Thank All you. All right. I, I'm going to pick up on uh, your uh, – I'm going to pick up on your energy theme. And the, and the point I'm going to add on top of your comment about the developing economies is that – Basically, you're making a bet on their growth and appetite for oil and gasoline, by the way, or diesel fuel, whichever it's going to be, that'll um, 
really, it'll simply grow faster in terms of absolute levels of demand than our meager conservation efforts will be able to free up. So until our government gets serious about taxing uh, the use of those products, you know, based on, you know, miles driven or something like that. uh, I think weight you're not going to put a big go. dent in. And so we need more. And increasingly, it's more difficult to get at. It's further away from the coast. It's at deeper and deeper depths. I mean, basically, it's further and further out on the continental shelf around every I continent. Stock, by the way, I should disclose oceaneering. <clears throat> an owner. And that's the first stock I'm going to recommend. Oh, you hadn't said it the, yet. The okay. symbol is OII. So it's close to oil, but I guess that's probably taken. Who is oil? Anyway, so there's this deeper play. And if you don't know who Oceaneering is, um, they provide, um, they are the player, they are the name, they are the leader in uh, remote access vehicles, ROVs, or what people commonly refer to as rovers, that do a variety of different underwater tasks. And you would be amazed to learn what they have um mastered in terms of uh, uh, basically underwater power tools. Um, I, I wouldn't be amazed, Vern. Oh, okay. Well, I think I've seen a lot of our listeners so. would be. Well, the listener. I and, thought you were talking and to more me. Than the I'm av- sorry. You know, more than just the average You were looking listener. at me. So. Um, and they're, they're also big in, uh, uh, in a variety of different support products for offshore floating platforms, which, again, uh, you know, there wasn't a lot of growth in that uh, in that industry, in that very specific niche of oil production for a number of years. And there's an awful lot happening right now, and they're benefiting from that. They also have a business that actually does a variety of different services on behalf of oil companies with their equipment. And so the business is, you know, kind of, you know, 80, 90% this uh, very unique capability I, that uh, they bring. Can I offer a, a thought for or... subsea uh, oil exploration and production? And what's that? Uh, simply that these uh, uh, these uh, I, I guess uh, efforts to maintain the equipment on the ocean floor that are increasingly the, a big part of the investment to find and produce oil out there. Uh, there's only two or three companies that can do it, and they right. do it the best. And it's undoubtedly going to be growing in demand. That's why I own it. And so the idea that you can buy this for uh, eight times EBITDA, even with the equity market cap at $3.1 billion instead of the two nine shown on uh, the value line sheet, I think is uh, remarkable. Uh, the, st- the stock apparently traded as low as 18 last year. It's 56 and a half, uh, I guess, on today's close. Uh, about, there's still some fear there. Fear about 13% one. of capital debt. So there's some debt, but a tiny amount for this kind of a uh, for this kind of a company. By the way, it's on page 2405 as well. So uh, don't want to be accused of not adding some value there. Is and uh, for whatever reason, Value Line's forecasting expected potential return uh, for the stock at basically zero. It's minus four to seven percent because they only see 13% growth in cash flow per share. I don't understand. It's 10 times cash flow at the current price. Uh, Operating margins, this company uh, went through a period where 
Um, you know, they were a little challenged on execution. They've come roaring back. Their operating margins are between 20 and 25 percent. Their return on capital is basically 15 to 20 percent. Um, you know, this is a terrific business uh, that uh, where the stock is going to fluctuate with oil prices. But they there's a the lot of good evidence. The there's a lot of good evidence that oil prices at 70 to 80 dollars are just simply waiting for the rest of the economy to catch up with them. And um, you know, a point I, to make too is they lease everything. They, they don't sell the equipment. They okay. lease the crews. I, that's wonderful. Why don't you? Yeah. you well, no, it's talked a better annuity. On your, on your, it's uh, annuity. That's all. That's the, uh, the next stock uh, with only uh, a little bit of time left in the show this week. Um, that's because of all your quips. I'm going to do from this week. oh, so go on the offense there, buddy. Yeah. Who ran over on his amount on his time because he couldn't? With you your, lost control of the show leading into your segment. I'm just trying to. You're gonna have the to. You're gonna have to idea. buckle down, buddy. Don't you? Don't you talking about? Yeah, you got to control the show, man. Me. You got to control the show. I'm just trying to give some thoughts to the people on stocks. I was asking your, questions on their behalf so that. But, but we've but got an email about it needing to understand better what we're talking about and why. All the time. The next one, I the next stock I want to talk about. Maybe you should do this as a rant in your time next week. It's not. I didn't have a rant. I just had some value. Uh, Is Walt Disney symbol is D I S? Um, Oh, by the way, I love rig for a a, a symbol for Transocean. So you know that's one thing in their favor. Disney, which I think both of us have done, you know, and liked off and on at various times um, in the last several years because they are the content provider of content providers. They basically own a a space, if you will, in uh, uh, the world's perception of uh, as a source of entertainment for a very important part of the population. And... um, they uh, the stock on a it looks like on their rel- on a relative performance that uh, it's starting to bottom out uh, after um, really I mean it's it's done very well on an absolute basis this year but has underperformed the market as the markets look for more economic sensitivity well you have economic sensitivity here but it's not uh, you know not like you have uh, in a manufacturing company or something like that so they're going to get some help from the economy. Um, and um, I, they're going to regenerate. They're going to re-energize the Toy Story uh, franchise this year with an update of that. I'm so excited about that! I've and, seen the trailers. Uh, seen if it? if no, I haven't. Toy Story three looks trailers. good. Yeah, no, I haven't seen them. It's amazing. Right now, you have to pay a little more than I like to pay usually. Uh, it's got a 15 PE, but it is 11 times cash flow. There is a little bit of debt, uh, some uh, almost 14 billion, but the market cap's over 50. And so I have an enterprise value of $67 billion. I've got about $7 billion of EBITDA with my margins down from t- almost 24%. Above 23 for two years in a row, they went to under 20. They're going to under 20 this year. So that's, you know, with uh, EBITDA down a fairly significant amount, that gives me a 9.6 multiple. It's still under the 10 threshold that I like to try to stay under if I can so that you you know you maintain that double digit expected return on your you know cash on cash on the investment you know in other words you know one over the EBITDA you know enterprise value to EBITDA multiple um, the big news of course at Disney they've agreed to acquire uh, to acquire Marvel Entertainment 
Um, they're going to their details in the value line report. You can, you know, all of this stuff's been filed, but basically they're paying $4 billion for Marvel. And the thing that I think is interesting is that Disney is so big that if I, if I look at that $67 billion of enterprise value uh, before I started and I, you know, uh, have invested another $4 billion in Marvel. I add that to the investment in Walt Disney. I have $71 billion of enterprise value. I take my $7 billion of EBITDA from Disney. I'm picking up about 0.3. It's, I mean, it's between that and 0.4, but it's almost a rounding error in the context of Disney. But nevertheless, that gives me about $7.3 billion of EBITDA. And guess what? I'm right around a 10 multiple. I was 9.6 before Marvel. I'm 10 without it. So you can argue all you want whether they've uh, you know paid too much or could have gotten Marvel for a little less or they should have or they should have well, waited. That's what they can do with Marvel. But it's uh, very exciting to think about that. Value Line actually, I believe, has a mistake. I could be wrong, but um, they say that um, Disney uh, wouldn't have the move. They insinuate anyway that they Disney wouldn't have the movie rights to the Iron Man franchise and to the Incredible Hulk. I think that's wrong because these are two key characters uh, that Marvel's been working together that they tend to that they intend to uh, use together in uh, uh, in future movies when you'll have you know more of uh, um, you know more of their entire stable um, in a in a single it's a show. It's a little rogue for Disney. These okay, Marvel so I got a minute guys. left, and I've got stop? well, got one, and it's um, I don't really don't know anything about I, it. It's I don't called, know. I'm going to even. It's called Global Sources. Symbol is GSCL. The stock is six. They have three dollars of cash on the balance sheet, no debt. And uh, according to Value Line's numbers, for ten years they've had positive cash flow. In fact, positive free cash flow in every year except a couple. Um, probably twenty cents, three dollars. It's probably twelve times that free cash flow number. But it's uh, a lot lower multiple. It's like a three or four multiple on EBITDA. Uh, this is some kind of basically a trading company. They, uh, they organize marketplaces. They have trade magazines. They run trade shows basically in greater China, uh, the Republic of Hong Kong and Taiwan. So take a look at Global Sources, GSCL, really cheap. I like oceaneering best. Uh, my favorite, Transocean, R-I-G. And that's all this week, everybody.